Hi, I'm Mark. Thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. You know, when I hear that we're going to be having some guests come to our home for a visit, my wife and I begin to prepare for the visit. You know, we might do a bit of cleaning of our home. We might, you know, dust the lampstands or whatever, vacuum the carpet, clean the bathroom, that kind of stuff. And my wife, she might make some food, either a dinner or dessert of some kind, you know, depending on the occasion. And so when our guests arrive, we're prepared to entertain them and have fellowship with them. Well, you know, the Bible tells us that there's a day coming when Jesus is going to come back again in person. And that as his children, we ought to be prepared for when he arrives. The problem is that many Christians have just settled into life and they don't give much thought or attention to Jesus' second coming. And so, well, they're not going to be prepared for when he arrives. Jesus warned us that we ought to be prepared for his arrival. He also told us how we should prepare. We can find that in God's word in the book of Isaiah in chapter 40. He kind of gives us a to-do list, if you will. Let me read it for you from the messenger translation. Verses 3 to 5. Thunder in the desert. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth, the highway fit for our God. Fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the ruts, clear out the rocks. Then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Now let me break that passage down for us into a usable list of things that we can do to prepare for the arrival of Jesus Christ. The first part of this verse calls us to be alert to the warnings or the signs that his coming is imminent, that is, that he could come at any time. The New Testament says that he'll come like a thief in the night. In other words, you never know when a thief might show up, and you're always kind of, well, taken off guard if or when they come. Well, Jesus' arrival will come when we least expect it, and yet Jesus is giving us warnings of his coming. I've been talking about that in the last couple of podcasts. And so maybe you want to go back and review those. In Isaiah, the message version uses the word thunder. The International English Standard Version, rather, and the New King James Version uses the words voice, crying, and cries. The New Living Testament uses the word listen, Regardless of the Bible version you use, it's clear that we'll, we'll, we'll see warning signs that Jesus is coming and that we better pay attention. Our faces need to be turned towards heaven. Our ears need to be open. Our eyes need to be looking for his coming. The second thing is to prepare ourselves for the Lord's coming. Prepare ourselves. Now, there are some things we need to do as we await his return in preparation. Isaiah actually gives us six things we need to do as we prepare for the coming of the Lord. First, he says, make the road straight and smooth. In other words, make a smooth path. Remove any obstacles in the way. When people are building roads, they smooth the path. They make the way clear. They remove the obstacles. 
What's the primary obstacle between us and God? Well, it's sin. The only way to clear the pathway is to submit our hearts to the Lord and repent of our sins. And when we do that, God promises to forgive us of our sins and to restore our relationship with him. The second thing Isaiah says is to make a highway fit for our God. Well, how do we do that? We do it by choosing to walk a road of humility and righteousness through service and love. Jesus is our role model in this, and we can follow his example of serving and loving people. Thirdly, Isaiah says to fill in the valleys. Well, we do that by submitting to the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You see, surrendering our hearts to God is only half the work. Then we need to invite the Holy Spirit to empower us by submitting to him. And when we do that, he replace and renew every space in us and make them smooth. The fourth step is to smooth out the ruts. You know, it's easy to fall into ruts as we walk through life, isn't it? We're all creatures of habit. It makes us feel secure knowing that we have set ways of doing things and traditions to follow. But as Christians, we can't get lazy and veer off the path into the lane of the world's traditions. We have to be trailblazers and walk on the path of God's truth. God's path is always a smooth path. Uh, that doesn't mean that we won't have temptations thrown our way. But when we do, if we're walking in God's truth, he'll clear those ruts out of the way. And finally, Isaiah ends by saying, clear out the rocks. Now, this goes hand in hand with seeking righteousness. Not only are we commanded to follow God's precepts, that is his commands, but we also have to be willing to walk away from everything that breaks the heart of God. And when we're walking in the Spirit, He enables us to do just that. We can't do it in our own effort. In fact, when we try, that's when we get into trouble with our own sin nature. But when we're yielded to the Spirit, He gives us the power to say no to sin. And when we do sin, the Spirit will convict our heart so that we can repent and get back on the right path again. Be assured that the Lord is coming, and it could be soon. If we're looking, we can see signs everywhere. Again, I encourage you to go back to one of the previous podcasts where I talk about the signs of the times. So don't be caught unprepared. Start by accepting the Lord as your Savior and submit your heart to Him. Surrender your will to Him and allow Him to remake you into the image of His Son. Now that's going to take a lifetime but he will continue to chip away and then seek righteousness. And you do that by listening to and obeying the word of God and then be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, we get the spirit when we invite Jesus to save us and he places us into the body of Christ, into his family. But the spirit empowers us as we submit to him. So every day we need to give him full control of our lives. Don't be filled with wine, the Bible says, but be filled with the Spirit. And, and, and in the Greek language, it means keep being filled. You see, we get the Spirit on day one of our salvation, and then it's like filling your gas tank with, tank, with gas 
every day after that. And so give him full control of your life. Also, ask God to help you to remove pride and selfishness and ego from your life and learn to practice mercy and humility. Don't let anything compete for your affection for God and continue to seek God's truth and to walk his narrow path. It might not be the easiest way, but it's always the best way. And it's the way God will bless. And finally, repent of your sins as soon as you become aware of them and be willing to turn from them in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit will never twist your arm to stop sinning. You might have to remove yourself from whatever it is that's causing you to sin. You might need to seek the help and encouragement of somebody else, a counselor or a friend. But when you make that move toward God's truth, and when you become honest about what tempts you and leads you into sin, the Spirit will be there to catch you and help you to walk in truth. My dad would take uh, me and my two brothers deer hunting. And when we went out deer hunting, we got into the woods and he would often say, now keep your eyes peeled, sons. You never know when you might see one. (laughs) Well, keep your spiritual eyes peeled because you never know when Jesus might return. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.